On today's episode of Investing in the American Dream podcast, we have featured guests Bruna Canto, Managing Director of Latin America for FPP, and U.S. Immigration Attorney Tadao Ferreira, who is Managing Partner at Leaf Law. They are both joined by co-hosts Martin Van Deveen of ICEF, International Consultants for Education and Foreign Students, and Craig Riggs. On today's episode, they will be discussing and focusing on visa options in the U.S. for international students and their families after graduation. Let's get into it. Being able to study overseas depends, as we all know, on many factors, such as language proficiency, entry exams, budget, accommodation, insurance, but especially on the ability to simply enter the destination country, the ability to get that much desired visa that actually allows you to study in the destination country, which is our main topic this month. Joining me are Bruna Canto, Managing Director, Latin America at First Pathway Partners, and Tadeu Ferreira, partner at Leave Law. Bruna, Tadeo, thank you so much for joining. You are both visa and immigration experts, and it would be great if you could get us started with a brief introduction of yourselves, please. Bruna. Hi, Martin. Thank you very much. So my name is Bruna Canto. I am the managing director for Latin America for First Pathway Partners. We are a regional center authorized by the U.S. Immigration Department, USCIS, to offer EB-5 projects for internationals looking to live in the United States through the EB-5 program. Right. And we'll explain the regional center and the EB-5 program in a bit more detail uh, later in this episode. Tadeu. Thank you, Martin. Uh, my name is Tadeu Ferreira. I'm the managing partner of Leaf Ferreira de Araujo, also known as Leaf Law. The firm was founded over 20 years ago, almost 25 we focus, specialize in business immigration, in addition to uh, servicing individual clients and organizations in the areas of, say, EB-5, investor visa. We also do extraordinary ability, national just waiver, and other related activities. Right. Thanks very much, Tadeo. To set the stage, uh, Bruna, can you walk us through some of the current visa options that are available to prospective international students? Sure. So obviously the first option is uh, the F1 visa, the international student visa, which only allows those who hold that visa to study in the United States and they're not able to work or do a lot of other activities. I specifically work with the EB-5 visa, which actually allows for applicants to obtain the green card, so permanent residence. This helps international students in a lot of ways. Already while they're studying, there are many benefits such as lower tuition costs, increased number of scholarships available to U.S. residents, higher acceptance rates to U.S. universities. And when they graduate, they are able to work anywhere and live in the United States, continue living in the United States. So the EB-5 sounds like a very attractive uh, option, and I'll have some more questions about that specific visa 
in a second, I just wanted to summarize the visa opportunities that exist in the US. Typically, there are indeed three student visa types. The one you mentioned, the F student visa, the academic student visa for study at an accredited US college or university or to study English at an English language institute. The M visa, also known as the vocational student visa, relates to non-academic or vocational study or training in the United States. And the J visa, commonly known as the exchange visitors visa, is focused on a range of culture exchange programs. Now, you just mentioned the, the EB-5 visa, which I believe is not technically a student visa, but does provide indeed an alternative to enter the U.S. and the ability to study there. Tadioki, tell us a little bit more about this EB-5 visa. When was it created and what are the uh, conditions to apply for an EB-5 visa? So the EB-5 was created in the early 90s as an option to invest in a U.S. business for the purpose of creating jobs, minimum of 10 full-time jobs. And the visa has evolved since, and I'm, we're going to discuss that next. But I would also briefly like to touch on, which I think is very important to understand and, and very relevant for the subject, is why EB-5 is often the best, in reality, sometimes the only option available to international students. So this is a point of contention for a very long time. There are a limited number of options in terms of non-immigrant, so something temporary to reside in the U.S., and people would obviously need to work in the U.S., and also to immigrate, which is the green card. So what often happens is the options that a recent graduate, say with a bachelor's degree, has to remain in the U.S. are very limited. Of course, this has improved recently with the STEM extension of the OPT, which allows for people to stay under the OPT as opposed to one year, which has been the case now for three years. But even accounting for that, the next step is always very challenging because a person, let's say with one or three years of experience, does not normally have the employment-based options of showing that they have a long career of success, <clears throat> and that they have various accomplishments in the field, et cetera, which would allow them to what we call self-petition, meaning I have reached a certain standing in the field and I can self-petition to remain in the U.S. Their options are limited to sponsorship. So meaning a company would have to sponsor them for a position so that they can remain in the U.S., now, this option is normally the H-1B. Many, many years ago, the H-1B was not a bad option because the cap was seldom reached. But now, and we expect that in the future, the cap will be exceeded every single year. So the likelihood, even if you do find an employer who's willing to sponsor you, the likelihood that this application will be selected in the lottery is, I would say, less than 25%. And then what that also contributes to is making it more difficult for people to find sponsors because the sponsor is unwilling to go through the process knowing that even though we meet all of the requirements, the individual meets all of the requirements, it's up to chance. And it's actually less likely or say less than 50% that they'll be selected. So very often what we have seen in the past years is an increase in demand for the EB-5 because you know, someone that's investing and even thinking about, you know, the family, the family's investing in the child's education coming to the U.S. It's obviously, you know, requires a financial commitment, also family planning and all these things. I mean, I can also speak for myself. I went through this. I moved from Brazil to the U.S. when I was 18. 
Luckily, I had a green card that my parents gave me when I was younger, so I was lucky, but I studied and all of my international student friends faced this issue. And I would say a majority of them were forced to leave because they did not have this option. So EB-5 actually became a good option for those people who are planning more long-term and want to offer this opportunity to their kids. Just want to clarify, I'm sure the majority of our audience knows what a green card is, but just want to highlight that it's officially the permanent resident card, an identity document that shows that a person has permanent residency in the United States. And green card holders are formerly known as lawful permanent residents, right? So that's, that comes with a lot of advantages. So you're stating that the EB-5 is so attractive, but we, of course, need to recognize that it has quite a price tag attached to it, uh, Bruna. Yes. So the new amount, which was recently approved by the U.S. government in March of this year, is $800,000. The amount in the past was 500000 for almost 30 years and for a long time it was there was a discussion in congress regarding changing this amount increasing this amount and this was uh, finally done this year and the 800,000 is that a one time investment or is this spread over a specific time frame yes normally the full amount needs to be invested before uh, the applicant is able to request the EB5 visa And there are also some additional fees, which I like to say can go up to an additional $100,000, which are uh, the project's administration fee, immigration attorney fees, translations, and other miscellaneous fees. So we're going towards the $1 million needed, right, to get this started. Yeah, so I'd say about $900,000, but the most important part is that the $800,000 is an investment and it comes back to the investor. So uh, it is not an expense, only the additional, I'll say 100,000 are actual expenses. But as this is an investment, uh, the capital should come back to the investor and normally after at least five years. Right, so what we have here is a money-making opportunity for those that can afford it. And with that EB-5 come a lot of additional advantages. I believe it's, it allows for a green card for the whole family. I'm with whole family. I, bl- I believe parents and two children. Is that correct? Actually, it includes all children under 21 that are not married. So applicant, husband or wife, and all kids, regardless of number, that are under 21 and unmarried. So the larger the family, <laughs> more benefits through one investment amount. If I can just add um, one interesting option for those people who say are investing in the EB-5 on behalf of a child who's, you know, in a U.S. university, what they can do is gift the money to the child. The child would then invest in the EB-5 and receive the green card in their name. And then in the future, once they become U.S. citizens, which is five years of green card, you're eligible to become a U.S. citizen. Once you become a U.S. citizen, you can then apply for a green card on behalf of your parents. So you could transfer that benefit of the green card to your parents, who could then transfer it to your other siblings. Of course, you can also apply for your sibling, but that takes about 15 years. There are other ways of planning that can do it faster. But the point is, even if you were to do it in your child's name, you could still extend the benefits looking mid-long term to the other family members. 
And is this EB5 visa available to any nationality? Yes. So nationals of every country are eligible to apply for the EB5 visas. Obviously, some countries have some difficulties transferring money out in order to make the investment, but there are no countries that are not qualified to apply for the EB5 visa and always the same amount and the same rules independent where the applicant is from. Craig, how does this EB5 visa opportunity in the US compare with visa options in other major study destinations? Yeah, it's a great question. I was just reflecting on what Tadeo was saying earlier, which I think is some really, really important context for our discussion about this program. The the broader trend in the world amongst major study destinations is towards expanding postgraduate work opportunities and settlement opportunities for foreign graduates. We see that in Australia, for example, just in the last couple of months, there was a really significant expansion of postgraduate work opportunities for foreign students in Australia. We see the same in the UK. We see the same in Canada, where post-study work rates have been expanded. And also, Canada has tied its sort of longer-term immigration goals much more directly to foreign graduates than has been the case in the past. And so I think it would be fair to characterize that as a global trend amongst other leading destinations. We do not see the same policy movements in the U.S. It's really optional practical training, and there has been admittedly some expansion of that, and the H-1B visa, which are the other pathways for students to pursue uh, postgraduate and, and subsequently settlement opportunities in the U.S. otherwise. And just this week, I was just reading an academic paper that was published uh, just this month that was talking about this very issue and highlighting that the U.S. retains actually only a very small percentage of foreign graduates. By the author's reckoning, 70% of master's students, 90% of bachelor's students leave the U.S. after graduation. And those are much lower retention rates than we would see in other major study destinations. And simply because there are no other channels by which students can pursue work opportunities or settlement opportunities in the U.S., right, outside of OPT and H-1B. That's the significance of the EB-5, is that it is an example of a policy instrument in the U.S. that opens up some additional settlement opportunities for graduates after they complete their studies. And there are direct counterparts in other countries, sort of immigrant investor programs, if you will. Uh, But I think the significance of it in the U.S. context is that it provides another important channel for students that wish to remain in the U.S., to work or even to settle in the U.S. after their studies, which are otherwise not available. Well, another factor that makes it very significant is that, according to Bloomberg, the EB-5 visa program has attracted more than 37 billion U.S. dollars in foreign investments since 2008. So I'm sure that this is a very attractive route for all those uh, involved. So, Brenna, as these students are going through the green card application process, can they already work and study during that process? Yes, so this is a recent change with the new program. In the past, uh, applicants for the EB-5 program had to wait for the process to actually be approved in order to obtain residency and be able to work and have all the benefits of permanent residence. With the new program approved in March of this year, applicants for the EB-5 program are able to concurrently file for adjustment of status, which means that they're able to obtain work authorization within a few months. Currently, some applicants for adjustment of status are receiving work authorizations in as little as four to five months. So this is a game changer, especially for international students 
already living in the United States because they can remain in the United States, apply for AB5 with adjustment of status, and be able to work in as little as a few months. First Pathway Partners, known as FPP, specializes in helping foreign nationals obtain U.S. residency through the EB-5 visa program. FPP has been authorized as a regional center by the U.S. Immigration Department since 2008, being one of the oldest and most experienced in the EB-5 industry. We take care of the entire process, managing our clients' investments and immigration requirements. FPP has assisted hundreds of immigrant investors through the EB-5 visa program from all over the world. FPP is one of few regional centers to have obtained various permanent green card approvals and redeemed investors' full capital contributions on various projects, placing us in the highest category of EB-5 industry achievement. With our experience, investors can be confident in our ability to make their immigration and investment journey both secure and worry-free. <laughs> 